that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. have a new series for this uh, time of year, the season that we are entering into, and we are, uh, I'm just glad you're going to be here to witness His Majesty, and we will have a uh, different intro, video, songs, things that will relate to that, and, and then also as we uh, travel along through this time. Up to Christmas Eve, we will be celebrating His Majesty in a number of ways, and uh, I'm glad you're part of it. So, we sang some songs that relate to Jesus and His coming, the, the spiritual background to that in terms of supernatural beings. So, why do the angels hark they, they, they have this moment and they're saying there's this great thing that's unfolding and they're telling uh, Mary, they tell the shepherds, they, they're passing the word and so we have this, uh, we have these songs that just relate to that. Glory to the newborn king and they are proclaiming and all this angelic host but what do they know? What is it that they are passing on? What is it that they're excited about? What is it that they are, are privileged to see that we could sing things, sing those songs, but what if we don't know? What if we don't know His Majesty? What if we don't know what led to that tremendous moment? So let's take a look at some background and see where that takes us. Because this is so well laid out. What God did in bringing that moment together when Jesus was born was an incredible. It's, it's just magnificent in the way that he orchestrated so many things through history to bring all of these elements together to happen at that time. And typically we focus on the story from the physical plane. I don't know if you've noticed that. We sing about the angels and that they were excited about it. We have no idea why. And we know that somehow this relates to salvation. So it, the stories tend and the songs tend to move in that direction. 
But maybe there's more. Maybe something's going on that God is trying to reveal and wants us to understand, and it goes beyond our normal take on such things. So, welcome to witness His majesty, and this uh, message will be ancient preparation, ancient preparation as we look to the past and see how God has laid some groundwork moving into this time. And we're going to start with the ancient one from Daniel chapter 7. So Daniel has been uh, given insight and visions and has been told by God a number of things relating, relating to his time, but also the time to come. And then he's also been given visions of what is happening in heaven. And so we're going to look at how, how that comes together here. The ancient one from Daniel chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. And Daniel says, I watched as thrones were put in place, and the ancient one sat down to judge. His clothing was as white as snow, his hair like purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire. And a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him. Many millions stood to attend him. Then the court began its session and the books were opened. A scene in heaven with the ancient one, God the Father, on the throne, and an image, as, as Daniel is, is relaying this to us, and he's tying these two things together. He sat down to judge. God the Father is set down to judge, and, and he is glowing, and there's the fire that it, he's just trying to relate that to physical things we could understand and what Daniel could understand. It, it, the the radiance of God's glory is coming out from everything all around him. A river of fire is pouring out. This this is judgment. This is God's pur- purification, the process of purification. He is judging righteously, correctly. He has all the information. And he is ready to take charge. And he is pre- pre- presenting this in a court. So he has a... Uh, number of others around. He has witnesses who are there. And, and you probably noticed, millions of angels ministered to him. Many millions stood to attend him. Heavenly beings, supernatural beings, surrounding the throne, visiting, uh, coming together here to, to participate in what God is doing in this moment. And, and just... Think of the ability to have millions there and witness this. And it's, it's hard enough to get a handful of people together and everybody see, but God can make this possible. And the angels are all around, millions and millions of them, as this, this breaks loose. The coming Son of Man, this is Daniel seven thirteen through 14. As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority 
honor and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. The Son of Man is coming into, into the presence of God the Father, the clouds of heaven. This, the millions of angels, millions and millions of angels observing this, the heavenly beings. So they're watching as God the Father with the fire that's around the throne. And he is in this... Uh, court scene saying I am now beginning to preside and now I'm going to put in charge the son of man over all the nations of the world we have 195 recognized ones today but when we think biblically about nations those are sub we would call them subcultures language groups different uh, mixtures of people and tribes and you so we have a whole lot more than 195. But he's saying all of them, all of them all around the globe are going to obey the Son of Man. He's coming to take over and put things right. This is the judge saying, this is the one I have chosen. You don't hear anyone out of the millions going, well, wait, wait, why didn't you choose me? Well, how, how come not Joe Bob? Why, why not no, he's the one. He's the one. And they recognize that. These angels are recognizing this. Daniel has been taken away from Jerusalem during the Babylonian captivity. So he is in Babylon. And so from probably 603 or so, he gets moved there. So five by 586, uh, Israel falls to the Babylonians. So there's a period of time there where Daniel is is being trained and then he's in charge and so this is in that period of time when he's responsible for so many things so he understands kingdoms he understands kingdoms that come and kingdoms that fall and he also goes through he serves different kings as kingdoms fell and he has moved from being in charge with Babylon to now serving the Medes and Persians at the end of his life. He knows what this is about. He knows what it is on earth. Here is the son of man who is going to be sovereign. He's going to rule over the nations. And his kingdom will not fall. Doesn't change hands. He is the one. And that's what we have. As we're, we're given this image. From before Jesus is born. Before all of Israel gets back into the land because they've been hauled away and he's saying this is what's going to happen and this is what's happening in heaven the millions and millions of angels have witnessed it we know that he's coming that sets a stage from the supernatural from the heavenly to the earthly to our history to making a difference and preparing the angels for what is about to occur when this all comes together with Jesus. So in Jesus' ministry, we're going to jump ahead, and Jesus describes his future coming. So he's on earth, and he is explaining uh, to his followers what will come, what will be recognizable when he comes from Matthew 24. 
30 and 31. And he says, Then at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with the mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. He's going to gather them together. He's going to come on the clouds of heaven. Where did that come from? Daniel saw it in the vision. He saw the vision of heaven and God the Father giving the Son of Man this authority. And now Jesus, who recognizes all, all of that and is the one, is explaining this is what's going to come. This is how you can recognize when I arrive. And look who's helping him. Here the angels are in support. The angels are going to go around the world gathering his people and all through the earth, all through heaven, and bring them together. The Son of Man will rule. So he's, he's laying out what's about to come, but he, he's referencing that same passage in Daniel. The Son of Man will come, and he's going to come on the clouds of power, and he's going to take over and he's going to rule the nations. And the angels are going to help him as he gathers people from one end to the other, the chosen ones from all over the world. And it's, this language gets him into so, so much trouble. As he talks about these things, he is, he's referencing a part of Scripture that is so familiar to the Jewish religious establishment. They, they are primed for a Messiah. They are looking forward to someone to set them free from, from the Roman occupation. They don't want foreigners telling them what to do. They don't want to pay taxes to Caesar. They don't want the army in their towns. They want to be free of the Romans or whoever else may be uh, occupying their land, which happened over and over to them. They want to be free. They want their Messiah. They want the one who will, who will change everything and take over. And they're thinking the Son of Man will come. And if he comes on, uh, on the clouds, uh, some of them, for some of them, it's, that's a supernatural kind of an indication that, that he is a supernatural being and this is going to happen in such a spectacular way. For others, it's, well, he's going to come and it, and it means he's going to be a political, political entity and he will be the one to set us free. He'll take care of the Romans and Israel will rise to the top among all the nations. So in their mind, it was more of that mentality. And that's what God's for. God is available to us to make our lives comfortable, to make policies within our nation work so that I feel comfortable with it and everything flows perfectly. That sound like anybody in our time? He doesn't work with that. He is the son of man who comes on the clouds of power. He's going to come and take over. He's not playing around with Republicans and Democrats and Russians. He's going to take over. He's the one who's sovereign. He's the one everyone will bow down to. The Son of Man. This is a supernatural event. 
The angels will be helping gather the people who belong to him. Well, this sets off some people in a very negative way. Matthew 26, verses 63 to 68. There's a deadly response. Jesus is brought in. They want the the uh, religious leaders who are opposed to Jesus really want to shut him down. They don't want any more of his chatter. They don't want his teaching. They don't want his influence among the people. This whole idea of a Messiah is a threat to them. For those who are are working with the Romans, they're afraid they're going to lose their positions of power and their place where where they get uh, a comfortable house and and their income. And their 401ks, everything's going to get messed up. And so we've got to get rid of Jesus. He's, he's going to get us in trouble with the Romans, with the religious community. He's saying things that really make us look bad. So we, still, we need to get rid of them. So how could we do that? Well, we'll just arrest him and, during this whole Passover thing and, and set him up so that we can uh, find a way to kill him. So that's, the, that's what they're working on at, by this point, Matthew 26. And they're throwing questions and accusing him of all sorts of things. But then we have, but Jesus remained silent. Then the high priest said to him, I demand, in the name of the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus replied, you have said it. And in the future, you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes to show his horror and said, Blasphemy! Why do we need other witnesses? You have all heard his blasphemy. What is your verdict? Guilty, they shouted. He deserves to die. Then they began to spit in Jesus' face, and beat him with their fist, and some slapped him, jeering, Prophesy to us, you Messiah, who hit you that time? Whoa. So they have turned on him. I mean, they, they didn't appreciate his ministry to start with. This is a group of them who, in the middle of the night, are holding a court, this kind of a court, and they are judging Jesus in this moment. That's what's unfolding here. Jesus' response to this is fascinating. How he, how he responds to them. He's silent. You know how most of us deal with people accusing us of anything. We get loud, we get mad, we stomp, we tell them how it is, we straighten everybody out. Jesus remained silent. He knew what was coming, but he remained silent. When he's told, I demand in the name of the living God, tell us. He's going, okay, let's just, let me just share this. Let me, let me tie this together for you. That's when he says, all right, you said it. In the future, you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand coming in the clouds of heaven. Wow. They understood what that meant. They know Daniel chapter 7. They know the prophecies. They know about the Son of Man. They know what is about to uh, come when, when he is revealed. They know about that. What they don't know is that they have him in their presence. They think they just have another man 
troublemaker. He may have some special abilities, do some magic, but apart from that, we need to get rid of him. And if he is from God, we need to shut him down anyway because it still will wreck our place, our comfort, our, our, this thing we've worked so hard to get. We've, we've climbed the ladder of religious success. We're at the top. And this is the Sanhedrin. These, these are the guys. And we have all of this to lose if he's right. So let's shut him up. Let's do whatever we can to shut him down. That's also pretty current. People don't like Jesus. They don't want to hear from him. You'll find this in your own heart. If he tells you to do certain things and you reject it, and you go, no, I'm just going to do it my way, the way I've always done it. I like to be angry. I like to shout. I like to straighten other people out. I like to really get hot when I'm driving down the road. I, just ha- I have a right to do those things. I don't want Jesus speaking into my life and telling me, calm it down. Listen to me. Allow the Spirit to work in you and give you love, peace, self-control. No thanks. No thanks. I don't think I want the Son of Man coming on clouds of heaven interfering with my decisions about my life and the way I want to do things see we're not that different we struggle with so many things no different than these who knew the scriptures and Jesus is right there in their midst and they can't stand it they don't want that change they don't want to be threatened about the things that they want to do the way they want to do them So, what do you do with Jesus? You force him out. You shut him down. You kill him. Because you just can't have him interfering with your life. Huh. Yet he is coming. He came. That first advent. And he's coming again. And he's coming on the clouds of heaven. And he will reign And there is no end to his kingdom. He is coming. So here are some things that kind of relate to all of that. Messiah, the son of God, equated with son of man. When they ask, so tell us, or the high priest asked him or told him. So if, you know, tell us if you're the Messiah, the son of God. He answers and says, you're going to see the son of man. He answered Son of Man to the Son of God question because those are equivalent. They're different things, and they tell us something different about the the attributes of God, the attributes of Jesus, and the roles that are all being revealed to us. But he's tying those together. So when you see those terms, either one, the Son of Man, the Son of God, Jesus often says, well, the Son of Man will, and he talks about himself, and... Just know he's not saying he's not the son of God, but he's both God and man. And we know from the son of man reference back to Daniel chapter 7 that that is the one in heaven above all others that the millions and millions of angels witnessed and saw God the Father say, you're the one and you have all authority. And you're going to be the one over all the nations. You will reign. And they know it. The angels know it. So when you hear the terms Messiah, the Son of God, uh, is equated with the Son of Man, then you know all of those are 
all related ideas. Uh, there's a rejection of Jesus' claim to be the Son of Man. They just do not want him to be that person, which means he's coming in to take over, which is what he's meant to do. That's why we call him Lord. He is meant to come and to take over. He's the Prince of Peace. You ever, anybody ever go to a holiday meal, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and it be divisive and hot and less than thankful and less than Christmassy and couldn't couldn't peace be a helpful thing right about then just bringing people together but they come together in and around the person of Christ not just oh I just I'm going to cease saying anything negative no when we come to know him those things go away because we are created new in Christ Jesus aren't we He pours His love into our hearts. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Unless He lies, that love reaches from one end of us to the other. It breaks loose inside of us. Why isn't it happening? We don't want it to. We don't want the Son of Man ruling no more than these guys at times. We go, nope, no thanks. He wants to break that loose in us because He is the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven, bringing power. He wants to reign in us. And we have the opportunity to say, Come, Lord Jesus, come. Turn those things loose so that we're transformed on the inside. And then what comes out of us reflects it. It just changes everything. He receives for being the son of man or claiming to be the son of man, a death sentence. So all of those things are coming for him. There's more to this. The son of man mystery. The son of man mystery. This is a huge change from the way everyone expected the son of man to come. They're waiting for him to show up with a a white horse and a sword and to get rid of the Romans and to take over and to make these guys who are higher ups, you know, even higher up. And so there's a whole lot of excitement about that. And here's the son of man shows up and he's not like that. Like what? The key verse of the gospel of Mark is 1045. Listen to these words. For even the son of man came not to be served but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Son of Man, who has all authority, who received it from God the Father at the throne before the witnesses in heaven. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. To serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You ever felt like you're too good to serve, to help, to jump in there and, hmm, but the Son of Man who comes on clouds of heaven with all authority, he came to serve, came to serve and to give, give his life for many. Oh, there's a mystery. Why would he? who has that great of 
authority, a place, uh, power, choose to serve. He's the one we know. That's the Jesus. The first advent. In ancient times, God had prepared people for the coming of the Son of Man. The mystery of his first advent was not fully revealed to everyone in heaven and earth, though some who listened to God were expecting someone special. They had no idea all that was going to unfold. They knew he was coming to rescue. They, the angels in heaven knew he was the Son of Man. They knew he would come and he had authority. They had no idea he was going to come and serve. They had no idea that he was coming to die. What that was going to accomplish. That was a secret. That was a mystery. That was revealed as time went on. That all of these pieces from the past come together. There were pieces in Isaiah, there were pieces in Scripture scattered around, but it wasn't all being pulled together because it had to work out in a way that the forces of evil, the darkness, would not guess the plan and that salvation could actually be worked out. There's a mystery, and it's revealed, it's manifested. But what the angels knew what they knew was, here he comes, the Son of Man. And he's coming to earth. And this is part of God's plan to accomplish a greater thing, to save these people, to deliver them. How that's going to happen? Not sure yet. But we are excited to see what God does. There are millions and millions of them watching as God said, you are the Son of Man, and all the authority is yours. And they're rejoicing. So hark, the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. There's a whole lot more. And those are the witnesses of his majesty. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you are amazing. Thank you for the things you have done, the things you are doing, and the things you have to come. Lord, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Son of Man who has come. Thank you that the angels saw what you did and are doing. And Lord, that we get to participate in it with them. That all of your created beings may rejoice in what you have done with Jesus. And our futures are secure because, because of him, what you've done. We rejoice. And Lord, with the angelic hosts, we proclaim, ah, glory to his name, glory to the Lord Jesus Christ who came. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.